Hi everyone, it's Adam from Monkey Tennis here. Just saying a huge thank you to all of you that have supported my charity appeal uh, so far. For those that haven't heard about it, this September I'm going to be swimming uh, 15 kilometres uh, between five islands in Cornwall. Uh, I'll be swimming the Isles of Scilly. That's Scilly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. Um, I'm doing it because I want to, but also to raise money for Calm, the campaign against living miserably. It's a well-known statistic that 125 people in the UK die by suicide every week, and Calm run a free and confidential helpline for people to speak through their problems and ultimately to help prevent suicides. Um, I'm looking to raise enough money to train two new phone workers um, to man those lines um, and I'll be doing it by swimming the Isles of Scilly in Cornwall. Um, if you're looking to support me, it would be greatly appreciated. Um, you can donate at justgiving.com. Um, just go there and search for Adam Swim Silly. That's Adam Swim Silly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. All donations greatly appreciated. Thank you for helping me to support Calm. And now, on with monkey tennis. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, Tom Stab from Team Monkey Tennis here. When producer Jed sent over this week's episode to review, we noticed that although Adam tees up that in the next episode we will be joined by a special guest, we don't actually mention who it is. Well, with Nick busy constructing a convoluted and ultimately pointless poll to decide who records this message, Adam checking Google Trends on which of the hosts is the most popular, Tom Dark busy telling anyone who will listen what rationing was like, and producer Jed presumably being interviewed by the police again, I heroically stepped up to the plate to record this and let you know that Stephen Mangan will be appearing on next week's episode as our very special guest. Stephen was absolutely amazing, telling us some hilarious and exclusive stories of what it was like playing Sir Dansworth of Moodyshire. You won't want to miss it. And now, on with this week's episode, recorded live at King's Place London as part of the London Podcast Festival. We hope you enjoy it. Monkey tennis? Yabba dabba doo. Sorry, I did do myself Monkey tennis? This is mid-more mat. Let's do slap hands. Idiotic broth. Monkey tennis? Please!
Hello and welcome to Monkey Tennis, the Alan Partridge fan podcast, where we are in London for the first time in front of an entirely new audience that haven't just done all of this for 45 minutes. Uh, we're going to dive into episode six of Mid Morning Matters series two, and then after that we'll be bringing out a very special guest. Uh, it opens with uh, Billy Joel, but I should also say first, uh, I'm Adam Brooks, and I'm joined by Tom Dark. See you in Battersea Dogs Court. Nick Alder. Oh, I'm really scared. I am a bit. <laughs> and Tom Stab. I'd like to play your bum like the bongos. So, uh, yes, we open with Billy Joel, the last of this week's Billies, alongside Ocean, Idol, Ray Cyrus and Piper. Um, <laughs> oh, hang on though, but before we do get too much further in this, would I need to go through the viewing figures. They've dropped yeah. again. Oh no! Oh, no. It's down to 51,000 this week, oh. and the original week of broadcast was 22nd of March 2016. So they've only dropped by 1,000, I think, but it's still, it's definitely on a downward slope. So okay. it's not looking good. Uh, back to the Billies. So Ocean, Idol, Ray Cyrus and Piper. Question to the group, any other famous musical Billies spring to mind? Uh, Joel Armstrong. Oh, I yeah. like it. Uh, talent, if you're talking bands. <laughs> yeah. Billy Bragg. Billy Jean. She was a song. <laughs> <laughs> she was a song. She was a and song. And a bloody brilliant one. Uh, yeah, she was. Or Billy Elliot, if you want to get a bit of dancing in there. Okay, so, so what we're saying is he could have squeezed another week out of this premise. But, yeah. uh, yep. but actually, next week he's on to Bob's, Marley, Geldof, Dylan, Sega, and The Builder. <laughs> so I've got a couple of questions to the group I'd like to put forward here. Uh, going, on, uh, going back to biggest billies, uh, would anybody care to guess who is the biggest billy on Spotify? So I'll just recap. Yep. You've got Billy Joel. Uh, you've got Billy Piper, Billy Ray Cyrus, Billy Ocean, Billy Idol. It's Billy Joel. Bro. Joel. Got to be Joel. It's got to be Joel. I can confirm it is Joel. Uh, he is the two at the time of writing these notes. He was the 286th most listened artist on Spotify in the world. Um, so yeah, he's getting eight and a half million plays a month. Billy, Billy Idol is getting three million plays a month. Billy Ocean, 1.7 million. Billy Ray Cyrus, 890,000. Billy Piper, 51,000. Feel a bit sorry for Billy Piper, oh, so maybe when you get yeah. home tonight, stream Honey to the Bee. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Banger. It's on my playlist. Uh, so the fact he's talking about next week is going to be Bob's means we must be on Friday's show here. There is a bit of a sort of end of the week feel to this episode, yeah. I think. Good point. Good point. Um, uh, as represented by uh, Psychic yeah. Simon's t-shirt, I think. I mean, this is, this is very much a slogan t-shirt low for Psychic Simon, isn't it? Also, uh, for people listening at home, he's got a grey t-shirt on with an arrow pointing to Alan and it says, I rented this hooker. Um, I did think that this is the sort of thing that Alan would not have let this shit fly in the past. I think this time he's, he's probably a bit like, this is a funny joke, it's, you know, I'm on board. I wonder if when he looks at him though, he can't always put two and two together because he doesn't see that when they're sat side by side, it's pointing at it. But when he looks at him, he's yeah. like, that's just a funny t-shirt. <laughs> some of the humour that, uh, that Simon is kind of known for is sometimes a little, um, you know, below the belt. Um, Penguin period man being one example <laughs> or I rented this hooker t-shirt as another so I think Alan hasn't seen that it is actually about him Dave. although is Simon kind of having a bit of a subtle dig at him do we think? Oh I think so I, yeah. I would think so Fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. there's uh, definitely a bit of animosity Yeah. so j just my question to the group for musical Bobs uh, so just to recap you've got Bob Marley Bob Geldof Bob Dylan Bob Seger Bob the Builder which Bob would you want to get stuck in a lift with? Which Bob would you like to invite round for dinner? Which Bob would you like to record a podcast with? And which Bob would you like to get round to work on a loft extension? Oh my goodness. Oh, oh. Builder loft extension. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I feel like we can cover that yeah. one. Yeah. I mean, also, as you've used the term stuck in a lift, I think I'd have Bob the Builder there as well. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, yeah. Good. I'll accept. Good. That's fine. Um, I think you probably. Oh, it's fine. We'll move on. Well, you'd invite Bob the Builder around for dinner because he's done so much work for you as well. So <laughs> thank you. What have and we got then left? maybe record a podcast with him about yeah. all the great things he's yeah. done with you. It's that Bob way. the Builder. It's okay, Bob the builder. Yeah. he's the winner. He swept the board. Um, <laughs> oh, this is where That's you another one of the jobs he's done. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think this is the moment we get the only normal time check of this series. Alan just says the time is 11.02. Well, oh, you give it up. Yeah, it's not very exciting, <laughs> but it does happen. Uh, a 10-year-old who's doing a project on slavery at school has drawn a picture of Alan, which I think we can see here. There we go. <laughs> uh, you can tell that Alan was surprised by this, didn't know it was being sent in. It's yeah. effectively, for the benefit of listeners, it's a blacked-up Alan in chains. Yeah. <laughs> but, and that's fine. But he immediately has to make clear that the tragedy, his words, is that he probably would have been a slave owner. He needs to make that very yeah. clear. Yeah. But one uh, of the nice ones. One of the yeah. nice ones. One of the nice ones, Alan's words, not ours, uh, but would have, probably would have given them an extended break. <laughs> yeah. He, does, he, he essentially is a slave owner when you think about poor old Lynn on nine and a half exactly. thousand pounds. Um, because when he says, before you know it, they're wanting days off because they're depressed. So I thought that's a bit like when he was annoyed about her flexi grief when her mother died. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't he say, yeah. and before you know it, they're mobilising? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, yeah, he's complaining about these, these fictitious uh, slave, slave that he's kept on after abolition. They want days off because they're depressed. I mean, I thought given that Alan has a spell himself where he's clinically fed up, you'd think he'd have more sympathy. <laughs> but I think he does struggle to admit to himself that he's got mental health issues, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. And he has no empathy for other people either. Yeah. He would be the worst slave owner. The fact that he kind of cites a glass of water as making him one of the good ones is kind of <laughs> Tells you we need to know. No mention of a meaningful wage, shelter or dignity. <laughs> um, also, just to quickly uh, dive back into uh, Outfit Watch. I mean, Alan's shirt here, while obviously quite bad, I think is probably one of the least offensive shirts he's got. Yeah. Um, although it does look like something you might find at a snooker match or in Michael McIntyre's audience. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's a new regular feature we've not heard before, Burke of the Week, uh, and this is quite revelatory, isn't it? Uh, well, normally it goes to Nigel Bevan, who's head of planning at Norwich City Council. He would have got it for a second week, but shock, it's Alan Partridge. Yeah. Mm. Quick question, if we had a regular Burke of the Week feature in the podcast, if we had to... I can't believe Nick. you've said that. Oh, I can't believe you've said that. Always Nick. Uh, so Alan... You can give a different answer. What? You put me on uh, Alan is the Burke of the Week. He says, uh, I just took a few people for granted and acted like a Burke, to be fair. I just wanted to say soz. No, a full sorry. Uh, that's as close to a proper apology as we've ever had from Alan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 Yep. And uh, this is, um, and kind of, it becomes clear later, but this is all around um, Angela and what's kind of going on with his um, relationship with Angela. So um, I guess he sees it as a gesture um, that it's a nice thing to do to say that on the radio, but I wonder if actually the nicer thing to do would just be to call Angela and just say, I'm sorry for whatever I did. I mean, but that would no, be the logical He choice. said soz on the radio <laughs> and then had to upgrade it after he said it out loud. And so, because si- Simon's genuinely quite worried about him at this point, he asked him if he's okay because Simon is aware he hasn't seen Angela for a while. And Alan's response yeah. is just going, forget about it. it. Tossles his hair. So that's happened in a previous episode in this series. That seems to be Alan's default phrase to avoid any kind of emotive yes. connection. Yeah. Forget about it. <laughs> uh, Alan's tapping the desk at this point. He's, uh, he's, he's invented a new drum beat. invented a new drum beat. Um, and he's in deep denial. Uh, so yeah, Angela has sent someone in to ask for the keys to the caravan from Alan that's how we know this is and serious he mustn't be home when she picks them up exactly they were very clear on that uh, to uh, which he says that's ridiculous we fucking love each other <laughs> <laughs> did anyone notice that he kind of starts to dribble a little bit here as well uh, yes no? there's literally I like didn't that. yeah he literally like a bit of dribble comes out of his mouth as well I can only assume intentional otherwise I'm sure they would have redone the scene uh, did, but, um, yeah <laughs> did, did you spot what he puts uh, this uh, dispute with Angela down to uh, oh yeah, he's been texting um, Melanie. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! No, no, no. What he puts it down to is, oh. is her gluten-free diet. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Uh, did anyone make a note of who the producer is in this scene as well? No. It's uh, Raquel Cassidy, who I always just think of. It's Susan from Teachers, basically. Ah, okay. Yep. yep. Uh, also in Lead Balloon, Downton, Silent Witness, Jonathan Creek, Midsummer Murders, Ooh. all the essential doctors. TV shows there. 
Uh, I don't have that on my list, but there were quite a lot of things on there. We'll, we'll assume it was on there. Yeah, probably we'll a bit on as well. I mean, who hasn't been on Doctors at this point? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so we get to the root of the problem, which is that uh, Melanie, the PA, and Alan have been getting friendly. Would anyone like to go into this in a little more detail? <laughs> well, first off, this is on a work trip to the swimming pool. How many places <laughs> have you worked at where you go on a trip to the swimming pool with each other? He's organised that, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they're the only two that have gone, I assume. So, yeah, he says that he started chatting to Melanie about his pool gloves. Yeah, uh, which is a detail that we'll come back to well, later. I don't. I mean, I, I must admit, I haven't really done any deep research. But what are pool gloves? Is it like a veruca sock? Uh, I think pretty much. For your hands. For, 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 there is some kind of ailment, which means he needs to wear gloves in the pool. But yeah, we'll, that's we referred to across, that uh, across yeah. uh, several bits. Yeah, yeah. we've well, uh, seen him in a pool before, though, and he's not been wearing gloves. Remember, the watch was waterproof. That wasn't wearing gloves. That's very true. But that was in Gibbons Phase One, so that's a different. Time. And you know, the ailment could come in later life. Yeah, very true. Um, but let's get to the uh, the heart of the matter, which is that basically <laughs> Melanie, Melanie, the PA, has sent Alan what doesn't seem like a salacious picture. I think it's just uh, she wasn't trying to elicit a response from him, but she certainly got one. He texted her back saying, I'd like to play your bum like the bongos, and that is why Angela's so angry. <laughs> well, Mel yes. Mel Mel showed it to Angela. And showed yeah. it straight away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there is quite a major point to discuss here, that Alan refers to the fact that he's living in a caravan. Oh, I didn't know, I didn't even really clock yeah. that. No. So him and Angela live in a caravan. So, like, uh, We do see Alfred Papa when they're towing the caravan. Yeah, I just assumed end. it was a holiday caravan. Well... He says they're living in a caravan, so ah, it's quite interesting. That. That thing he, where he has told to leave the keys on the kitchen table. Though, yeah, so I right. don't think he's. Mm, oh, I think yeah. he parks his caravan outside. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah pop, pop, they're those. They're in for some lovemaking. You've got that yeah. kind of thing where, you know, when he was getting the house made in I'm Alan Partridge series two, and when the house is finished, yep. he put everything in one room set up like the static home as well. <laughs> yeah, true. Because uh, we do know in Alpha Papa he was actually living in quite a big house, so mm. has he downgraded again, basically, because he loves that static home feel? <laughs> I think that's what he's gone for. Um, uh, he realises that he has to go further than just saying soz, sorry, full sorry. Uh, so uh, he gives her a dedication, uh, to which he says, life's a bit crummy without you, love your loads, and basically you complete me. <laughs> <laughs> They've nailed the sort of uh, the middle-aged man that's a bit scared to admit his feelings here, haven't they? Like, the message yeah, is heartfelt, yeah. the delivery is bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he probably does mean it, he just can't really articulate it in the right way, which is not necessarily his fault, to be fair. Uh, and he, he does a lovely bit here where he's basically narrating along to the dedication well, he plays. I was going to say, I've got kind of half narrated half singing like it's just a bit of a mess isn't it yeah so Although, the song is hard to say I'm sorry by Chicago isn't yeah. it yeah it's a good song though, to be fair it oh, is great song, yeah. but yeah there's, there's a point where he's like and this is the key point before they start singing <laughs> I just want you to stay um, yeah. and then he's crying <laughs> on air yeah, um, yeah. And uh, they cut to another studio where you can only hear his isolated vocal on its own which yeah. I thought was is another. it time yeah. for the phone call Oh, oh yeah, 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 I thought you meant a phone in, but his oh, phone yeah. call. Yes. Oh, yeah, yes, I think we yes. Do that. So he, yeah, yeah. He, he eventually gets Angela on the phone, doesn't he? Um, and uh, it, it escalates and escalates, but I believe we've got a, a bit of audio about yeah, the, yeah. the culmination probably, of this call. It's probably just worth, I think we'd all agree, this is probably the pivotal piece of audio from the entire series. So yeah, yeah. What, what's happening, Alan's off screen on the phone to Angela at this point. So the implication is he's phoned her to try and work out some kind of apology she's not having it so all you've got to look at during this time is si uh, psychic Simon's facial yeah. reaction yeah and I think it's important to note that Alan handles it with maturity yep. calm confident and uh, just deals with the situation it's absolutely well. fine yeah. Yeah. having, having oh. used the well trodden line our love is stronger than carbon fibre <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what uh, could possibly go wrong after an yeah. opener like that uh, before we play the culmination of this call I do just want to say that uh, th th this audio snippet does contain scenes that some listeners may find distressing <laughs> <laughs> Please, please, oh, please, please, oh, please, please, oh. 
Please, please, don't I'm joking. I'm joking. You dump it all. Now, sweet children, better. Perhaps I'm going to dump it first. No, I'm not going to like I said, he handled it calm, confidently, <laughs> That's so good. mature. That's incredible. Uh, did anybody make a note how many please those are there in that call? Four? There are eight. 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 Wow. Yeah, Excessive. Well. Also, thought please though is one of those phrases like, oh, don't bother, mate, that belongs in playgrounds only. Yeah, it's definitely not right for a phone call to your lover that we're trying to patch things up, is it? Very it's strange. not quite appropriate. Uh, Alan then re-enters, pretending to be on the phone to someone called Gustav. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> was, Gustav? Was that genuinely the first name that came to mind? Yeah, yeah that's, exactly. that's hilarious. Uh, he says to Simon, yeah, yeah, Gustav, he's just some genuine friend of mine. <laughs> Very believable. By saying genuine, it does make it plausible, and so I won't Absolutely. question it any yeah. further. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. genuine. Fine, yeah. fine. Uh, Angela called back. She's taking the caravan and the dog, Freddy. Uh, another yep. meaningful dog of Alan's. We've, we've been wrong on the podcast before mm. we said Alan's relationship with dogs was ambivalent I don't think it is it's very much they are very much companions to yeah, him throughout yeah. his life but um, he's not anywhere to be found uh, Alan suggests he might have gone for a walk or gone to the cinema <laughs> either of those Again, options it's very believable yeah exactly yeah, uh, yeah. and I mean it's, it's, it's astounding how Alan goes from uh, desperation to save the relationship to bitterness that he's decided that, that, that it can't be salvaged yeah uh, my note here was I think he takes it past the point of no return on this is this, is this when he delivers the what I would describe as the ultimate mic drop yes go with with it. Uh, he says, yeah, Angela, uh, your new business venture, yeah, everyone thinks it's shit, including your sister. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I think he starts dropping again, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> a bit of nervous tension. Yep. Yeah. I think he doesn't know if he's, you know, he probably realises he has gone a bit too far, he's pushed it over the limit, There's this is the point of no oh, return. He's absolutely fucked it by this yeah. point. Yeah. Um, he imagines uh, something that Freddy the dog might have said to him about always being his friend. Oh, this very teary at have this you got this? Yeah, his voice yeah. cracks when he's talking yeah. about him as well, doesn't he? And then, uh, but then when Alan goes to hug Freddy, he's already over by the bins eating some pate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he says the dog looked at him and said, you're better than this, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever happens, I'll be your friend. <laughs> but yeah, then uh, Simon said, uh, did you uh, hug the dog at that point? And he says, no, he was over by the bins eating pate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Alan's struggling to talk with a blocked nose now because he's become so teary. Uh, Ruth emails in. He's feeling a bit down, waiting for the results of a yeah. scan. But this is oh, very yeah. much about Alan's problems. Oh, this still, is yeah. This yeah is so he goes on to list the good things. Yeah. Good things in his life, right? So they are no mortgage, two cars, fairly fit, can swim well. Um, oh, and no, then, no mention of his kids there, though. Oh, no okay. mention of kids. <laughs> Fernando and Denise don't, they go don't look at this. Point. Also, can swim well. We, didn't we see him in Scissor Isle failing to yes. tread water for about <laughs> yeah. two minutes? He, yeah, that's yeah. in his mind he can swim. He yeah, clearly yeah. can't. And doesn't is it Simon then calls him Jangalan Unchained? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, a free yeah. man. Uh, he then tells Ruth, who's waiting for the results of a scan to cheer up, but I think he's really talking to himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, does the policeman arrive in the next scene? Yes, yes. he does. Yeah, I've got on the screen behind us here. Yeah, so when I first watched this, I thought maybe uh, the police had arrived at the studio because perhaps he'd been harassing Angela and there was going to be some kind of restraining order situation. So I quite like the way this plays out. So obviously you can't hear the conversation that's happening in the studio. So the policeman has come because Alan's obviously got Freddy, Freddy the dog hidden under the desk. Um, so the policeman takes him away. Freddy looking quite sad and bewildered there. Alan is left with this squeaky chicken toy <laughs> and his head in his hands. Very sad, very moving. Very, scene, very man. moving. Yeah. But is Freddy being used as bait to try and get Angela back or do we just think that he is sad Well, she's Freddy? got him back now, so it's that over. hasn't worked. It's done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. fair enough. Um, there's a change of mood in the next scene. Uh, lots of cheering and 11 young people with Alan. Uh, as we already know, because we've covered the special that follows this scissor dial, we can recognise this is the scene that sets up that special and he's basically about to slag off one of those kids and later build an entire uh, programme yeah. around that fact. Yep. 
he says, uh, I'm sure we're breaking all kinds of fire regs, but who gives a flip? I'm joined by a bevy of teenagers. <laughs> yeah, so he's trying to use what, what he thinks. I mean, he got, he's wrong, but he thinks it's cool language to try and impress the kids. So things like who gives a flip. Uh, he's using hand gestures like this. And he's using words like squares and what's the diff, things yeah. like that. <laughs> We've seen him skin. Uh, yeah. it's, it's like the previous episode where yeah. uh, instead of high fives, he refers to them as let's do slap hands. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and using words like ting, which he doesn't have any. <laughs> yes. uh, also to try and impress the teenagers, he says, if anyone wants any Annie Lennox cassettes, I'm good for it. <laughs> and then he follows it up with, oh, actually, you're all Robbie Williams. And someone and just goes, like, who? <laughs> so he's absolutely clueless as to what young people actually like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, he says, uh, a lot of you guys get it in the neck from the squares out there, but you guys are pretty diff. <laughs> diff? Yeah. Come yeah. on. Not, it's ridiculous. So uh, I also, obviously, the thing about this is uh, each part, each episode part has uh, quite a short title that normally refers to something that happened. So yeah. it took me a while to work out like, why is this part of the episode called Grundy? But obviously, this is kind of them trying to do their version of the infamous Bill Grundy Sex Pistols interview in 1976. Um, so what happened there? Grundy lost complete control of the interview. There was a barrage of swear words that went out live at 6 p.m. He was suspended, and ultimately, it began the downward spiral of his career. Um, but I thought also what's quite interesting, I feel like they've done this Bill Grundy moment in other partridge, in Knowing Me, Knowing You, when you had the Shona McGough band around mm. him. Uh, it was rock and roll, let's all have a yeah. pair. But um, yeah, let's get back to the teenagers. So I think there's a lot to discuss about uh, what happens with Marv. Well, and also the Norwich Fire Service have emailed in at this point saying yeah. that some people do need to leave the room. Uh, I was just thinking, what, the fact that the Norwich Fire Service were streaming this and needed to email in to tell people yeah. to leave the room is, you know, staggering in and of itself. That's but the Fire Service and Edmunds that are keenly watching everything that happens <laughs> yeah, in the show. media monitoring him. Possibly the only viewers. Yeah. Um, and people are very keen to leave at this point as well. It's not yeah. a problem. People, people are fine to go. And they yeah, do. to the point where someone else is going to leave. He's like, no, no, that's yeah. enough. That's a little losable. Yeah. Uh, his comment about Greenbelt Land sparks a karate argument between two youths, diffused by Alan talking about how he manages uh, kids' kickback by taking a hold all of CDs to the countryside. <laughs> it just doesn't mean anything, does it? Uh, but it's nonsense. Yeah. But then, is it Marv then? Marv. Yeah, Mark. So Marv. Mark. 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 He, Marv. Mark. I, I thought it was Marv. Well, whoever it is, he bars, <laughs> he makes a barring noise. Suddenly it's deadly serious. Yes. Yeah, Alan absolutely flips. Um, he calls him a sheep shagger, <laughs> implying that Alan's girlfriend is a sheep, which puts him over the edge. I th- did you think that it's the, 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 uh, the recency of his split with Angela that has made him really go off the deep yes. end here? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. They insult yeah. his girlfriend and then he realises Yeah, he's at a tipping one. point already when, when the kids are in there. He but does kind of say at the beginning, though, you know, don't worry, it's cool. Like, he gives them a second chance, but mm. to be fair, he doesn't rise above it because this kid is probably, yeah, you know... The best thing is, the bit that really made him flip, the, like, the, the straw that broke, broke the camel's back, is the bit of paper being thrown at the back of his head and that was a different kid as well yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah that doesn't matter though no, uh, no he's, also, livid. he's livid yeah I've checked my notes so like, Mark Mark okay fine uh, he then dives into a very graphic and prolonged description of how perhaps Mark is the sheep shagger uh, including the phrase tenderly kissing them playing with their teats and ending with your hot balls pushed up against its woolly back <laughs> uh, yeah it, it goes on quite a bit doesn't it um, so I've got a couple of notes about this that are probably worth going into because there's quite a large continuity bombshell which we know we're fans Ooh, of continuity yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, so there's a kid directly behind Alan that gets his phone out and starts filming uh, and kind of like pulls a bit of a excited face uh, in the next shot 
there is no phone in his hand. In the next shot, he pulls his phone out again and starts <laughs> filming. So I thought maybe the way they filmed this, perhaps Coogan kind of improvised bits of it and they just stitched a few different mm. takes together. So that's why that's There's why definitely a few shots in the series where you kind of you, you cut from uh, one psychic Simon facial expression to another without any uh, yeah, without it doesn't, any real, doesn't quite yeah, line up. Kind of uh, yeah, spoils the conceit of the webcam show a tiny bit. Um, uh, I've got some uh, sheep shagger intel if you want to get into that. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's what, what the people, people have come here for. for. Yeah, you I can, think that's what everyone wants. Cover this. Um, so. Yeah, so Alan's accused of being a sheep shagger. Uh, in a court case in Britain, the use of the term directed as a Welsh person was ruled to be uh, racially aggravate, a racially aggravating factor in a disorderly conduct offence. So it can be a legal offence. Mm. So as we know, in the UK, it's used to refer to the Welsh. In South Africa, it's used to refer to Australians. Uh, also, just uh, popping over to New Zealand, um, in a television advert for Toyota, the New Zealand Advertising Standards Authority determined the phrase sheep shagger was not viewed as offensive to the majority of New Zealanders. Um, a Wellington resident, Donald MacDonald, surely that's not a real name, uh, and others complained the term sheep shagger in the advert was offensive. Uh, in accordance with the majority view, the authority did not uphold the complaints. Mr MacDonald, a repeat complainer to the Broadcasting Sands Authority, has been warned by them to stop list- they would stop listening to him if he made any more trivial complaints. Yeah. So, Donald Donald there. Yeah. Donald MacDonald. Say what you like about our podcast, but don't say we don't cover the important We've things. We've done the research. <laughs> we really have. Uh, so yeah, Alan has talked to himself into a corner with this hot balls woolly back scenario the yeah. phone rings he says it's Craig. probably for me yeah. he knows the right is on there. <laughs> uh, so uh, yes uh, it's Craig isn't it the station manager calls yeah. him to admonish yep. him for yep. this um, and then uh, shortly after that we're back in the studio and Simon's manning the desk alone I thought they've done that for, 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 for narrative purposes to make it look like Alan is, uh, has been kicked off yep. because of this uh, sheep shagger business uh, I thought could it be the end of Alan at North Norfolk Digital um, that was my assumption at this point that probably Alan's not going to come back from such a Offence, mm. and yeah. we're, in, we're in the last episode. And we're yeah, yeah, yeah. so dangerous. Yeah, so end. that's how that's how the second part of Snow opens, right? You've just got Simon solo in yep. the studio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's exactly what you're what you're led to believe, isn't it? Until Alan appears behind him in uh, quite a sinister up. kind of way, yeah. like just yeah. sort of stands behind him. Yeah, looming, looming yeah. is the word I'd use. Um, yeah. And also, it's right after Simon's managed to finally sneak in uh, saying the word "aha" online because he's just played "take on me." Um, yes. So uh, yeah, yeah, uh, he's he's in trouble. Is that <laughs> phrase? Yeah, yeah. Is this also where he uh, back announces Christa Burr? I always think of uh, which I always think of as Irish for Christa Burke. <laughs> Good to get Burke in there again. I think. Uh, I was slightly disappointed that Simon used the aha kind of didn't expect him to emulate and look up to Alan I think he'd more want to carve out his own brand yeah <laughs> I, I, I think that's actually quite a, quite a good point but, but there is a good payoff to it within this episode true. so mm. yeah there, there's, there's a value to it definitely uh, today's phone in is we want to know where you grab a coffee sponsored by Costa now I thought this is this is ill-advised isn't it surely I don't think this goes the way that Costa wanted it no, no, no. No. My, my prediction here was surely this is either 10 people calling in to just say Costa which is a terrible phone in or it's people recommending the sponsors rivals yeah, yeah. 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 exactly, it's not gonna go exactly. Um, so Simon's called this the caffeinated quandary which uh, Alan and really enjoyed uh, <laughs> yeah. but he does also use the phrase grab a coffee which has been used in uh, the previous series uh, when Alan says he thinks he's a doctor in ER yeah, he's quite true. aggravated yeah. about that term um, yeah I also quite like there's lots of parts of this episode where like the heads are cut off like you can see there so it adds that kind of webcam realism it's not necessarily framed 
perfectly. Some things are kind yep. of happening slightly off screen. Yeah. Um, it turns out Alan is still in charge. He's just late and he's been relatively polite about it so far. Um, but then it does turn out, doesn't it, that he's been off for a month with uh, with Chris standing in. Is that right? Well, yeah, he's been off for a month and uh, the revelation that the show has been renamed to Morning Matters. Shocking, shocking. But uh, yeah, and it, it turns out further, he's not just been off for a month, he has been suspended. Mm-hmm. So action has been taken due to what we've seen previously. Uh, yeah. Did you notice the parallel that he draws between horses and Anthea Turner, what they have in common? <laughs> Go on. No. Apparently they both don't like you walking around the back of them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They will, they will kick. Mm. They will kick, yeah. Um, and we, we also learn there's a skeleton staff in the studio, um, so uh, Alan is, is going to find, yeah. find his talents stretched to the limit. It's yeah. basically been snowing, isn't it? People yeah. can't get in, but Alan's prepared to do what he needs to do to cover the, yeah. the show. On it, it was much back. easier to figure out why this part of the episode was called Snow, I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there's a second reference. Uh, he, he's referred to Bernard Matthews on this show before, but yep. he says, uh, Bernard Matthews used to breed his turkeys without them. This is wings. <laughs> Um, so, so this is this is this is Alan's dream, right? He's asked to basically host every show on the station for the rest of the yeah, day. That's a really good point. Uh, although there is one slight hiccup here that um, he does have a doctor's appointment at three, but he says, "I'll just swim with the gloves on for a few more days." That's important. Yes. We'll come yeah, back yeah, to yeah, that. Yeah. Um, yes, it's another contagious Alan disease. Uh, there's always uh, injections of quees wherever you can get them with him as well. <laughs> there's a, a good example of that. Um, but he then do- he, there's also another problem with him covering all the shows, which is that he finds out that a young lady called Jeanette is going to be putting the calls through. And uh, <laughs> we, we soon learn that she is terrible. She well, tries her best. Al- Alan does ask, is she part of a government programme? So <laughs> this is already a bit worrying. Yeah. Uh, um, and then further revelations, I think, that um, Psychic Simon can't do the afternoon shows because he's got a job interview. I kind of felt like happy and proud for Simon that he was able to get out of what is, you know, almost a prison sentence of working with Alan. Um, I wanted him to kind of do well um, and potentially move on from Alan. Yeah. But then have you ever told a current employer that you've got a job interview somewhere oh, no, else? No, 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 no. Um, as as uh, Simon describes it, he says, it's not a radio station, it's a website. It's a new venture, quite a young company. They aggregate content. There's a free breakfast. It's quite democratic. And they have big team meetings where everyone can chip in. So everyone feels like they have a stake in it. I've put underneath that, the subtext is obvious. The impact is explosive. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I would assume it, it's supposed to be some kind of BuzzFeed lab type, yeah. type place that he's going yeah. to. Uh, I did also know um, you, you have the bit earlier when Alan is talking to Sarah and he's saying he's got so many ideas, pop, 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 pop. So whenever he's talking about Craig and getting ideas to Craig, there's always a bit like, I'm fizzy with ideas, uh, he's a one-man soda stream. I don't know why that's always affiliated <laughs> with his Craig conversations. And uh, as always with Tim Key, it's pure, whilst he, Alan's having that conversation with Sarah about all the great ideas and the fact that he came in, even though he smashed his wing mirror, the facial acting is incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. brilliant. Um, Alan's reaction to uh, Simon going for this job interview, he's obviously uh, irked, but trying not to be. Uh, he focuses on the free breakfast that was mentioned. Yeah. He says, it amuses me what lures young people these days, <laughs> which I thought was rank hypocrisy from a man who used to bring a large plate to a <laughs> in order to take extra food. Uh, and he has, of course, gone straight on air to reveal that there's been skullduggery as well until Simon corrects him that it's not about a rival radio station. <laughs> um, at what point do uh, we see Alan choking on his gum? It's, it's, it's around yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. Alan chokes on his gum. <laughs> <laughs> this is he kind of ben like. What happens? Well, he sort of laughs at his, his own joke and kind of like makes a kind of like nasal snort. His gum goes in and then sees the only way to kind of save himself by giving himself the Heimlich maneuver, which he successfully does. He spits out his gum, but then immediately turns to Simon and says, "Do you not know the uh, Heimlich uh, maneuver?" Which Simon says, 
Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's it. Wow. wow. Um, I thought this is quite good. Although you do notice through this episode, they're using all the comic potential as if Simon's already got another job. Uh, but, but yeah. obviously, yes. it's just just yep. an interview, as, as, as we come to find out later. Uh, Alan claims that he's a changed man since being dumped, uh, which he dubs Meltdown Monday. He says that's what was used on the internal memos, wasn't it? Nope. Simon corrects him. No, like, it was uh, Mental Monday. Monday. Mental yeah. Monday. So yeah, I think Alan <laughs> on the internal memo on the internal memos as well. So inside the company, people were uh, referring to this as uh, you know this Mental Monday, which is absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Alan um, says that if uh, if Psychic Simon had used his catchphrase before Meltdown Meltdown <laughs> Monday, Alan would have taped over the security cameras, kicked in his car door, and anonymously sent a skip to his mum's house. <laughs> so I, I think Alan's kind of furious with him for two reasons now, isn't he? It's about the, the job interview and the use of a heart. Yes. But he's mm. trying his best to appear calm. I don't think it's really working. No. I'm not buying it. Uh, another reference to their favourite local uh, live music venue and pub, as Simon's sort of saying goodbye, even though there's any other job interview. Well, yeah, he's kind of assuming that he's got this job, isn't he? Yeah, because yeah. he even goes on to... He starts like trying to recall the good times. He's like, oh, remember... Because he mentions uh, when he was riding the exercise yeah. bike, which is in the very first episode of Mid Morning Matter Series 1. Um, and yeah, Alan just ignores him, puts headphones on and starts a link. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he says to Alan, uh, see you at the Boxy Wheat Sheaf for the pub quiz. The Boxy Wheat Sheaf comes up quite a lot. Um, yep. we, we investigated whether that was real, didn't we? It's uh, fictitious, not. sadly. Yeah, it's not real. Um, so you have to go somewhere else to see Will of the Wisp. That's a shame. That Norwich hot spot. Uh, so in terms of the overriding narrative here, we're obviously, I think we're, we're gearing up for a big end of, end of series uh, sort of problem. Alan's lost his girlfriend, his side kick and obviously any residual respect his colleagues had for him vis-a-vis yes. uh, -vis Mental Monday yeah. um, but uh, yeah he tries to continue unhindered by Simon but he's trying too hard he's, he's there going we're having a great time <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's somewhat overcompensating yeah. I think it's fair yeah. to say are we coming up to the best yes. Uh, yes. introduction to <laughs> yes. a song of all time as far as Alan goes uh, go on then I thought you were referring to something else I was uh, talking about uh, Leonard in Yaxum Oh, I'm talking about this is what bananas wear in battle. It's banana rama. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, that's good. That, that is, is good. good. That is I good. mean, that is good. Alan, Alan is responsible for some radio shit, but there yeah. are nuggets of gold in there. That is good. That is good. Uh, go on. Well, Leonard and Yaxman is calling. <laughs> What's uh, he calling about? Well, he's calling about the fact he likes black coffee. That in and of itself is fine until we learn that Leonard is... Oh, actually, uh, we, we are. you're skipping ahead ever so slightly. There are a few other bits. Please. Because, well, you've, you've got... Um, You've got two. You've got two whole shows that he's doing before this because that's when he's covering for Dave Clifton. So before this, he's covering for Beverly Baxton, uh, and this is when we get to learn how awful Jeanette is at transferring <laughs> yeah. calls. Um, so he has to go out of the studio shouting, "You need to press transfer, at Jeanette." Um, and they also get, go back to the phone in for the cost, the cost of phone in. And actually, the first call he takes is Susan and Herringfleet, and she actually just goes on to say that she missed Alan Boone on air. It's actually um, quite a nice moment. A rare for moment. Him. And we find out what, some of the things he's been up to while he's been suspended. He went on a uh, Loch Lomond watercolour break. Uh, so, a little tip for you, Susan <laughs> don't take up watercolour painting. Yeah. It's just not very good. <laughs> it's, uh, it, Alan wants to make it very clear that no one made him have take time off. This yeah. was his decision oh, completely. Yeah. Bollocks. Yeah, Absolutely was. Yeah. But it, it might have been one of those sort of things where it's kind of like, you know, we're going to suggest you take some time off if you don't we will enforce it but you we can we can make it your choice jump but we do also pushed. know he's an unreliable narrator correct so yeah there was also an internal memo called mental monday i <laughs> <laughs> need to remember that um yeah. so be before we get to leonard and yaxon which i am keen to get to uh alan is also reading the news uh and basically the way this works when alan is reading the news it's you get the news story followed with alan's opinion and jokes bolted onto the end of each story <laughs> um so he calls suspicion on a dog walker that found a dead body uh he blames banksy for encouraging kids to vandalize 
And then he goes on to read new, uh, new guidelines for on-air conduct, which is clearly an internal memo that he's not supposed to read. <laughs> uh, no, I think actually he was supposed to read that. I think that basically what's happened is he's read the news and that one of the news pieces is that there are new guidelines uh, brought in uh, across the country because of his suspension. <laughs> so he ends up basically right, yeah. reading a, a news piece about his own mistakes. See, I thought it was more the gag like uh, maintaining a uh, uh, workplace like in the yeah. first series when he does that. Oh, yeah. But no, I think, I think it's a legitimate piece of news. Basically, there's, yeah, there's new Ofcom or whatever the, 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 the joke, regulations. Due to Mental Monday. Uh, he's, now, he's now covering for Dave Clifton. Now he's in for Dave Clifton. Who's, who's tagline, time. I, I, like, I like Dave Clifton's tagline because it makes no sense at all. Come on, Norfolk. Let's go home. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Leonard and Yaxham. And what's funny about... <laughs> oh, you're claiming. I don't think I can do it for a second time. Go on. Uh, Leonard and Yaxham, it's revealed that he has a black coffee on the way to school, but then it's revealed that uh, he's five. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually, I'd quite like to go through the script for this because I absolutely love this bit. Um, so Alan says, does mummy know you do this? Leonard says, your mummy or my mummy. Uh, <laughs> then says, where's sidekick Simon? I thought surely a five-year-old wouldn't be asking where's sidekick Simon. Uh, Alan says he's gone to work at a website that aggregates content. Absolutely, absolutely. meaningless. Uh, uh, Leonard then says, are you sad or happy? Alan, happy. Thanks for your call. <laughs> I just love the way it progresses through so many gags so quickly. That's brilliant. Yeah, the next call about uh, where people like to get their coffee, somebody says, I like to sit outside my ex-wife's house and then immediately that caller's cut off. <laughs> now, the obvious thing here is that Jeanette is terrible and yes. cuts the callers off, yes. but my outsider theory is that the caller is Jeanette's ex-husband and that one was deliberate. <laughs> wow, that's Ooh. a controversial thing. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, we just don't know enough about Jeanette. <laughs> we, we, we really don't. We don't know if she's part of a government scheme or not. <laughs> uh, we should also bear in mind that at this point, this Costa Coffee phone-in has been running through three different shows. Does that <laughs> ever happen? I think in regional radio it definitely yeah, could. Yeah. But also, yeah, yeah. no one's drinking at Costa. It's really not working out for them. Fair uh, I did also just like with the Leonard and Yaxham call um, that originally he was a bit worried about why is this five-year-old child drinking black coffee on the way to school every morning. But because they started asking where's Psychic Simon, just wrap up the call and move on. Yeah, Everything's yeah, yeah. probably fine. Uh, is it time to talk about Alan's perfect woman? Or what we presume <laughs> is Alan's perfect woman? Well, yes. Yeah, so what's happened here, the phone system has gone down completely. completely. So you have Alan just shouting off in the distance, I can't get any callers, hello, anyone. So the implication is the phone system has failed and also Jeanette is no longer even responding to him yep. we'll find out more about that later yep we know why uh, so yeah you've now basically got a series of short sequences uh, of Alan kind of what I'd say shit chatting because there are no callers mm. it's quite nice because it's sort of it, it's, it's almost like a well I mean you wouldn't pick it as your show reel but it's almost <laughs> like it's, it's just a little, little vignette sort of Alan broadcasting it's what we yeah, yeah, it's yeah. the one constant yeah. that's run mm. through everything he's ever done he's always been a broadcaster and this is kind of going back to basics well, because like. dead air is a crime dead air so is a crime he's nailed that so can you remember um who he wants his dream woman, uh, the brain? It's Vorderman. Vorderman. It's Vorderman. Body? It's Vorderman. Vorderman. Uh, face? Bradbury. Hands? Nanette Newman. Newman. Uh, legs? Jessica Ennis. Uh, backside? A strictly come dancer. <laughs> Not specified. <laughs> stitch it, stitch it all together, and Bob's your uncle. Um, and there's some lovely. I mean, that that one. Obviously, you don't see anyone ask him who's your perfect woman. You have to guess that's what he's saying from from the reply. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of those. Like it cuts into the next scene, and he says, "Traffic lights." I'm going to stick my neck out here and say that Amber is obsolete. But obviously, that's, that's the thing. No one's asking these things. No. He's literally just, what's the what's the next topic of conversation? I'm just going to chat about for half an hour to fill the airtime. He's also wondering um, if he's done celebrity big head yet. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I thought he does need Simon to keep him on track. He's starting to lose. His, his train of thought yeah. a little bit. Uh, I don't know if we've had uh, Alan's socks on the screen behind us yet. So uh, mm -hmm. there's a little outtake from... Uh, there you go, they're circled there, you can't miss them. Um, yeah, there's a little outtake from these scenes where... Um, 
they were filming and Coogan just had normal black socks on. So he, he kind of stops and says, no, no, I need the Allen socks. So I quite like, there's that level of attention to detail that any item of clothing you see uh, really ties up with what you'd expect Allen to be wearing. Um, he, uh, he then describes the Mary Celeste, a boat drifting at sea. I wondered, is that just a metaphor for how this show's going now? <laughs> oh, it definitely could <laughs> yeah. be. In there. He's, yeah, he's become much. very rudderless, uh, but behind him, a figure appears in a duffel coat. Now, I didn't know where this was going initially, no. did you? Well, I, no, I don't really understand what the duffel coat, like... Well, Obviously, it's because it's snowing. It's very cold outside. But yeah, but it, it also looks a bit like uh, the characters from Ghost Stories, I thought. Yeah, yeah. or Kenny from in, South Park. Yeah. <laughs> yes. in a menacing sort of way. Um, but yeah, basically at this point, because you've also had, after you've had all those vignettes, Alan was kind of just ends up sitting on his own uh, opposite a darkened studio, so he looks very lost. It's kind of like he's lost all his validation because he doesn't have any listeners. That's basically what it's come down to. Mm. But uh, yeah, Simon is back, so what's going to happen? Uh, he, saw, he saw he saw this coming, I think, so without even turning around, he says to Simon, so you didn't get the job. <laughs> it turns out it's because Simon lied on his CV. Uh, and then there's a bit of affinity with Alan again. He's yeah, not he too hard on him. No, because Alan has also lied on his CV, saying that he's a brown belt in judo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he's welcome back, but I did predict, pausing the uh, the recording at this point, that he's about to put him in his place. Um, and uh, But Simon knows how to reboot the broken well, cooler system. This is where like they are the yin and the yang for each other. Like, mm. you know, Alan isn't able yeah. to properly work the desk, which is, you know, staggering in its own right but let's just take that as red <laughs> Simon comes in and is able to fix the desk restart it the calls come through again so actually as much as Alan would never admit it without Simon there he is pretty useless and the show wouldn't properly function yeah I mean that's the thing they yeah I, I think probably neither of them would admit it but they actually do make quite a good team yeah. realising it yeah and then uh, they basically end the entire series with the phone-in that is uh, is also replicated in Alpha Papa isn't it's it it's very similar isn't it King uh, and King Car. and Car so that's that's in Mid Morning Matters series one so oh, it's kind of their story is kind of come full circle which I thought was quite nice can we also quickly cover why Jeanette uh, isn't transferring any of the calls uh, yeah she's outside playing in the snow <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I'm glad we came back to that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, uh, someone suggests Henry V in a Renault Megane scenic, uh, to which they say, "You think he drive French after Agincourt?" Hello, <laughs> <laughs> bonjour. <laughs> uh, and then it's Trevor in Reedham, Henry V again, uh, Land Rover Defender, long wheelbase, specs up to the nines, which Alan replies to, "Okay, someone taking it seriously." Yeah. <laughs> That's the type of cooler he likes, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Uh, there's a lovely back and forth where someone suggests a Porsche, don't they? they say a Porsche, Porsche, my kingdom for, for a Porsche. Porsche. Uh, Alan likes that so much he says slap a hand yeah. Uh, yeah. Simon says testify and then Alan <laughs> has to spoil it that's great banter I mean it's not as good as it was yeah it's still very good yeah 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 <laughs> Um, and then we get a kind of a bit that sort of betrays the webcam uh, idea of, of Mid Morning Matters in that it buffers, uh, yeah. it stutters, and uh, eventually it fades to black, which obviously a webcam would never do. But, Although uh, actually it ends on them kind of all, they were about to, together to say aha, and then it, it yeah. freezes. Yeah. So again, you've kind of you've also come full circle within the episode itself that they've been they've been through so much that Alan is going to give Simon that moment. They're going to combine and do an aha together when the webcam starts buffering. So you actually never actually see it play out in well, full. The thing is, I think that's a nice. Feature. It's a yeah. nice touch, but I think the impact of that is potentially diminished by Sidekick Simon doing the aha early. I think it would have been nice to not yeah. have that and then have this as the ending. I think that would have been, been his first yeah. aha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, the webcam stutters and uh, freezes with uh, them in a Jesus pose. Uh, there you go. Uh, Alan has a. There's been a telltale red pen uh, on the side of the screen, which explains the uh, the stigmata here as well. Uh, well, well, that, that this is the thing. I think there are a couple of theories you can apply to this because you do have the red pen there, as you can see, but also the fact you do have these con consistent references 
is a series of him having to wear the swimming gloves. So actually, is the indication that this is... Oh, you think they're sores? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So actually, uh, uh, somebody did tweet us about this. Uh, Suddenly Tim uh, tweeted us, been re-watching Mid Morning Matter Series 2, and I thought the stigmata at the end was a bit silly, but then I realised it actually ties back to the throwaway line earlier. I had a doctor's appointment at three, but it's fine. I'll just swim in the gloves for a few more days. So I think you can kind of read it both ways, because I didn't notice the red pen straight away. No, 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 no. That did kind of theory. ruin the theory for me, so oh, that's yeah. a bit annoying, to be honest. <laughs> um, and also what's quite interesting, so obviously you've kind of got, this is almost like a Renaissance painting, painting style pose, uh, Alan depicted as Christ. Uh, but then the music they play over this is a song called Aphrodite's Child by the Four Horsemen. So um, I didn't know what that was, so don't worry, Wikipedia helped me out. Um, Aphrodite's Child was a Greek prog rock band formed in 1967, uh, which featured uh, Vangelis, Papa. That. Yeah, you've, you've, you've got it. Uh, you've got it. And Demis Roussos. Uh, the track is from their prog rock concept album 666, and it's worth Vangelis, if you've heard of him, because he went on to make famous soundtracks like Blade Runner. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. very famous. And obviously, yeah. Demis Roussos, also very famous. Um, but yeah, so it's quite a weird thing. You've got Alan depicted as Christ, <laughs> but then you've got a song about the coming of the apocalypse. So does that cancel out Alan being the second coming? Perhaps <laughs> he's not Jesus, but perhaps he's finally a better, more sought after broadcaster, or at least going to be a bit less of a dick to Simon. It might be that he's not a better broadcaster. Two, se <laughs> two series of mid-morning matters have told us that he's absolutely not. He's not yeah. the messiah, he's a very naughty boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that takes us to the, to the end of this episode. I guess we should cast a night over the series as a whole. Uh, well, just, quick, just quickly, this uh, episode specifically has 8.4 out of 10, which is the highest. The highest it's yeah. the highest in the whole series, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, what are everybody's highlights of this series? What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, I, I actually would say I think this is my favourite episode because uh, I, I, I just like the way that it really pushes some good narrative through. You've got the Angela narrative, mm. the Simon narrative. I think both parts of the episode are very strong, uh, whereas, as I've said, I think some of the other episodes, there are parts, so like half episodes, which I think really let them down. And I'm talking about, I, th I didn't really like Jasper, Gangster or uh, Royal Visit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, otherwise consistently strong. I think um, the jingles are the thing that I would probably call out as some of the uh, highlights. There are some, I mean, not only are they jingles that would never ever be broadcast <laughs> on radio, but kind of that's where, you know, so much of the humour is. Yeah. Um, obviously, Alan has kind of recorded all of these things himself. We've talked about the fact that he, had, he doesn't have a producer. There's no kind of filter, but that doesn't stop this going out. And <laughs> yeah. the result is just comedy gold. So, so if we had to choose favourite episodes, what would we go for, do we think? Uh, there's one we covered recently where uh, there's a Welsh cook comes in who's very very sweet right up until the last minute when she basically snaps uh, psychic Simon tells him to be a fucking yeah. man that's my favourite <laughs> uh, Nick, Tom uh, choose an episode uh, my favourite is episode 2 which is Book Club and Dave Clifton mostly because of the return of Dave Clifton yeah. really Nick, uh, I, 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 favourite I, first one probably with uh, Cecil Cecil uh, talking about the North Norfolk hunt. Okay, so we've got quite Easy even. For you even to say, yeah. <laughs> Do be careful how you say that. Um, and if we had to choose a favourite moment, what would you Ooh. go for? So for me, it's uh, it's the five-year-old child drinking black coffee on the way to school. <laughs> I just love that bit of script and. Probably the phone in about uh, Edmunds uh, being bombed at Hampton Court. Oh Hampton. yeah, that is brilliant. By Jeanette Cranky. Uh, there are two lines in the Dave Clifton episode that really stand out for me. Um, one is uh, where they're sort of dancing around the fact that his lowest ebb, he pleasured a vagrant. Uh, and then he comes in and they say, we've just been talking about your checkered past. He goes, oh yeah, you're talking about the time I wanked <laughs> off those tramps. Uh, plural. Plural. That was plural. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was absolutely, absolutely lovely. And also, uh, that's the episode where Alan uh, leads into uh, the next song by saying, this is what I told my uh, wife on a 
my birthday, UB44. Yeah, <laughs> that is great. Excellent. Is great. Any, any other favourite moments? Yep, uh, mine would be Dave Clifton in general, really. Uh, it has everything. Uh, story of redemption. Uh, it's Alan and Dave becoming friends after being rivals for so many years, uh, and it's wanking off tramps. <laughs> <laughs> it's everything you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and also, is it worth discussing what do we think is better series one or series two if, if we're going to put you on the spot if you have to choose one I think series two is better but I think it builds on the scaffolding of series one you couldn't have one without the other yeah that's oh, my oh. that's my bet hedging that's answer good, actually, for you. Yeah. Yeah. that's fair there's not much between them to be honest. I think they're consistently both really, really strong. So, you know, again, they work hand in hand, uh, the yin and the yang, as we've discussed, almost the metaphor of uh, Simon and Alan, perfect harmony. Yeah. Well, interestingly, um, according to the rankings on IMDb, uh, Mid Morning Matters Series 2 is actually the third uh, most popular partridge, or the that's, highest ranking, sorry, I should that's say. That's quite interesting. Yeah, uh, so it's uh, I'm Alan Partridge Series 1, I'm Alan Partridge Series 2, and then Mid, Mid Morning Matters Series 2. Yeah, I, I don't think I disagree with that, to be honest. Oh, wow. I, I mean, I, I, I would definitely. I think I would choose series two over series one just because I think there is more plot mm. development so mm. yeah uh, but also it is interesting because it does kind of need multiple viewings to get the best out of it as well that like the the quality of the script is so good but it's like so densely led with gags and like a really highly nuanced script that it's actually quite hard to keep up sometimes mm. um, so if you watch it a few times you'll definitely hear things that you've missed before well yeah I mean if you think about it the whole series runtime is what probably three hours yeah. we've watched it multiple times and the sum total of these podcasts is probably probably going to be close to five hours that we've been talking about it so you <laughs> might think, there's, for money there's, might think there's not much to go into about five hours <laughs> yeah um, so that brings us pretty much gloriously to the end of the series uh, yeah I don't know if anyone else had any kind of any points to make about the series overall because I just think it, it is that thing like we kind of said I think it's really great in terms of character development because Obviously, we all know Alan is still a self-obsessed nar narcissist, uh, you know, whether he's cutting off Simon, he's never talking to Simon about his take on things, what his experiences are, but we do actually see sensitive moments, moments of vulnerability, especially when the narrative with Angela develops. Uh, and I also loved like, the way Simon is a, now a fully bedded in part of Alan's universe as well. Like The show is a proper two-hander, it's about the both of them. Um, and it's I'd kind of like we've said quite a few times now, it's like <coughs> Simon's, uh, Tim Key's facial reactions and responses oh, so good. are like, you could watch the whole thing just, yeah, just on his I think face, I did, second basically. time round I did watch and mostly watch <laughs> so we can Tim recommend Tim that to, yeah. to you to watch it like that at home yeah. and yeah I just think as a viewer the show can kind of work on two levels so even if, if you were quite a passive Alan fan you could actually dip in and dip out and you could probably watch them in any order and you'd still get mm. a lot of gags you wouldn't really be missing much mm. because it's quite a quick fire script but if you're more of a hardcore Alan fan it does a great job of kind of like layering the nar narrative strands of characters from previous Alan eras so it doesn't rely doesn't rely just on like you've got Lynn in there you've got Angela in there you've got it refers to moments of Alan and Partridge Alpha Papa Mid Morning Mass Series 1 so if you know all the previous character history it just makes it a much richer experience so what I'm saying is yeah it's quite good yeah. <laughs> yeah, <was> and uh, <laughs> the critics agreed the Independent the Guardian and the Telegraph reviews that I sort of looked at and they all they all um, gave it a very good gave it very good reviews so yeah it nice. was well received critically as well yeah, it was, yeah. yeah absolutely recommended so uh, all that's left for this particular segment is for us to play a quick game of uh, BBC One no sorry not BBC One's would I lie to you <laughs> don't <laughs> say that for copyright reasons it's would we lie to you uh, who's in charge of this round that would be me closing the series uh, so no my, my would we lie to you questions are all on the royals so uh, I'm going to get my esteemed colleagues to read out three statements I want our wonderful audience to cheer for the one that they think is the true fact so I'm going to start with Adam at the end of the table to read the first statement the Queen and her husband Prince Philip are in fact related they are third cousins Prince Harry once kicked a swan 
Prince William is a big posh sod with plums in his mouth because plums are his favourite fruit. There you go. So uh, if you think it was, let's, sorry, just to recap, Adam, Adam at the end, uh, the Queen and her husband Prince Philip are related. Tom Dark with Prince Harry once kicked a swan, and Nick with uh, Prince William and his favourite fruit being plums. So please give us a cheer if you think that the first statement, the Queen and the husband being related, is true. Please give us a cheer if it was if you think it was Prince Harry kicking a swan. And please give us a cheer if you think Prince William's favourite fruit is plums. Oh, not much for that one. Wow, that I, really I've wasn't popular. I've got a theory that the Awkward. swan people just wanted it to be. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Uh, so what do we think? Do we think it was, I think it was probably think Adam. Probably, yeah. Yeah, yep. Adam, so uh, please, Adam, can you reveal if your statement was indeed true or false? I'm delighted to tell you that they are third cousins. Right. <laughs> oh, well right. done. So there you go. Just uh, chaps reveal just, uh, your uh, author. Prove there's no foul play. There that we go. The final wilty of the series. That's right. That brings us to the end of this bit. We have covered episode six of Mid-Morning Matters. We've done so much. You can get in touch with us at thepartridgepod at gmail.com, uh, facebook.com slash thepartridgepod, uh, Twitter, it's at thepartridgepod, and Monkey Tennis Pod on Instagram. Uh, so we're going to wrap up this particular segment. Uh, our audience in London, we're going to beg for applause again, uh, and then we'll get <laughs> on to the very important section of introducing our special guest. Uh, so thank you very much. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Monkey tennis? Yabba dabba doo. Sorry, I did do myself. Monkey tennis? This is mid mat. Let's do slap hands. Idiotic broth. Monkey tennis? Please, please, 
though. Pop, 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 pop. Monkey tennis. You need to press transfer. Uh, I like it. It's a clean kill. Monkey tennis. Well, that, 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 we will do that definitely. Yeah. Okay. Does Mummy know you do this? The time is ten and a half o'clock. What a Dilbert. Monkey tennis. And I know it won't smash, Lynn. Just wrap it in bubble wrap. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.